All right, before I start the show, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, you might remember that I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, about how his company has helped thousands of people understand their bodies better through metabolism tracking. Well, MetPro just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and tailored strategy that their experts use. So you can start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to best. Now, my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up, so head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to learn more. Welcome to the Get Fit Guy's quick and dirty tips to slim down and shape up. My name is Ben Greenfield, and I'm the Get Fit Guy. I have a confession to make. I'm actually pretty uncomfortable when I'm standing around at a party or a social gathering and I'm wearing shoes. I don't really like shoes. As a matter of fact, I avoid shoes and sometimes pants too when I'm working at home. Yes, I'm that guy who sits around writing and recording podcasts in my boxers. Now, in the episode the 411 on barefoot running, which I'll link to in the show notes for this episode over at quickanddirtytips.com, you learned about the growing surge in the popularity of barefoot running, the biomechanics of running, running with shoes versus running barefoot, and how to make a gradual transition to barefoot running. And in this special two-part episode, this week and next, you're going to learn whether barefoot running is safe, if barefoot running is better than running in shoes, what I think about the recent Vibram barefoot running five-finger shoe lawsuit, and whether kids should run barefoot. Now, a recent article piqued my attention and inspired me to revisit the controversial topic of barefoot running. The article was called Barefoot Running Survey, Evidence from the Field, and it delves into the fact that a growing group of runners are making the choice to try the minimal or barefoot running styles of the pre-modern running shoe era, that is, running like a caveman would. And while there is some evidence of decreased impact forces and rotational torques on the foot, ankle, and knee, when you do barefoot running, this survey highlights the fact that there's no clear data regarding how this actually corresponds with injuries in the real world, or what science calls the field. So this survey looked into factors related to performance and injury in runners who have tried barefoot running by giving them a 10-question survey on barefoot running, and 509 participants responded. So what were the results? Well, the majority of the participants, 53%, saw barefoot running as a training tool that could improve their running. Close to half saw training barefoot as a viable alternative to shoes. A large portion of the runners had initially tried barefoot running due to the potential for improved efficiency, an attempt to get past an injury, and of course, all of the media hype around barefoot running. Now here's what's amazing, 68% of the runners in the study had no new injuries after starting barefoot running, and even more amazingly, the majority of runners actually experienced a decrease in symptoms of things like knee, foot, ankle, hip, and low back injuries after starting barefoot running. Ultimately, the results show that a large percentage of this sample of runners experienced benefits or no serious harm from transitioning to barefoot running. And of course, it's very, very important to mention that by barefoot running, the survey is referring not to just running around completely unshod, but also the use of shoes like Vibram Five Fingers, Nike Freeze, Nike Flex, Merrill Trail Gloves, Vivo Barefoot, Scora Forms, or maybe just that old pair of wool socks that you don't have much of a use for anymore. So how about that Vibram lawsuit? You're probably scratching your head at this point since you've no doubt heard the news about one of the most popular barefoot running shoe brands, Vibram, getting sued. Well, Vibram actually agreed to pay $3.75 million to settle a group of lawsuits accusing it of false advertising. 
specifically claims that its shoes could strengthen foot muscles while reducing running injuries. In the settlement, Vibram must pay each customer, over 70 million of them, a partial refund on the $94 of their shoe purchase, and it will no longer be able to make those claims in future advertising. I personally think the whole lawsuit was quite silly because it placed the blame on Vibram without acknowledging that most people who start barefoot running and don't follow the type of advice I outline in my previous episode on this topic showed a complete lack of common sense and logged tons of new miles in these new shoes while expecting their feet, which were used to overprotected, stabilizing, built-up footwear, to simply handle the abuse. And an excellent article that I'll link to over at sportsscientists.com points out I wonder, for instance, how Vibram is different to, say, that deodorant company that promises me that a quick spray before work will have a horde of beautiful women chasing me down the street, or whether drinking that sports drink will really give me never-felt-before powers of endurance that would make Lance Armstrong blush. Well, that's all the time that we have for today, but if you have more questions about barefoot running, then you can leave your thoughts over at facebook.com slash getfitguy. And in part two of this series, we're going to look into three reasons why barefoot running might be better than wearing shoes, whether you should actually wear shoes, and whether kids should wear minimalist shoes or do barefoot running. And until next time, I'm Ben Greenfield, the Get Fit Guy, asking you, what are you waiting for? Go get fit.